This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 162, Build True Wealth. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for barrier-breaking women who are ready to shed their good girl layers so they can own their power and live deeply fulfilling lives instead. I'm your host, Lindsay Elizabeth. I'm a leadership coach to women all over the world. And I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me and my guests as we challenge you to shed society's bullshit systems and beliefs to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you were meant to be. As you listen, trust your intuition to take what you love and leave the rest. The thoughts and perspectives I share on the show are my own with the lens of my lived experience as a privileged, white, cis, straight, able-bodied woman. And while that informs my experience and perspectives, I wholeheartedly believe living a deeply fulfilling life is possible to every woman. If I ever say anything harmful, I'm open to doing better and hearing your feedback. My goal is for you to leave this show feeling empowered, inspired and ready to share this show with every woman you know so they too can create a life that lights them the fuck up from the inside. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. Hi there, Ms. Unstoppable. Welcome to another episode of the show. Today we're talking about money and wealth. And I have a very special guest who I met recently while we were networking online. And it was a networking opportunity where I was just learning about her business and what she does because my assistant, Rachel kind of thought we would be a good match to talk with one another. And as she was talking, I was like, oh my gosh, like I stand so firmly behind what you do in the world, because even though I haven't worked with you, I've done very similar things. And I really want somebody to come on and talk about wealth and money on the show. Would you like to come on? And she said, yes. So her name is Dominique Malelli. I hope I said that right, Dominique. Um, and she is a profit and wealth strategist and founder of financially fierce females. She works primarily with women in business to help them build profitable, sustainable businesses that can be leveraged for personal wealth and afford them a life most only dream about. She was in the financial services industry for over 20 years, and she's been a business owner for 13 years. She's coached hundreds of women to help them with their mindset and strategies to change their relationship with money and how they see their business to put them on the path to building real wealth. Dominique is a qualified financial advisor, and she holds a diploma in analytical hypnotherapy. She's also a practitioner of neuro linguistic programming, also known as NLP and emotional freedom techniques, also known as EFT. So Dominique is so much fun to listen to. And even if you aren't a business owner, the tips that she gives today is for anybody. She's going step-by-step of like, here's what you need to do first. Here's what you need to do second. Here's what you need to do third. And Dominique's at a place now where she's in her life. I don't know how old Dominique is. I'm guessing she's about my age. So maybe late thirties, early forties, but she is financially free. So she is living off of dividends off of her investments. And I know there's many people out there that listen to the show, some of which are my clients who want to be in that place. And so again, 
I was like, Dominique, you've got to be my gal to come on and talk about this so that anytime I have a client or somebody that I know that's wanting to do this, I can send them to this episode. And Dominique definitely delivers in this interview. Dominique's a fast talker, kind of like I am. So maybe this might be an episode that you listen to again, or you listen to kind of slow and one that maybe you focus on a little more and you're not necessarily driving because again, what she gives you right here is so impactful. If you just start to follow the steps that she gives you, I'm living proof of that. No, I didn't work with Dominique. I'm living proof of these steps that it will take you to a place of financial freedom. Because if you haven't heard other episodes of the show, my husband and I are now past the million dollar mark and our assets. And it's quickly growing from there because we really hunkered down and started following these steps. And again, Dominique talks about how much time it will take for you to develop that. And it's a lot less time than you think to be able to develop financial freedom and some other blocks that she sees with women of what's stopping the most. And again, I'm just (laughs) rambling on at this point, what she talks about is so good. So without further ado, here's my interview with Dominique. All right, Dominique, so excited to have you on the show. Um, As I said, in the intro, you and I recently connected and we were talking about all things wealth. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to have you on the podcast. I almost wanted to record our networking chat um, because you were giving so much great value. So I'm excited to have you today. First off, can you just kind of give us, before we get into like what true wealth means to you and all that, the backstory of how you became the woman you are today and what today looks like for you with wealth? Yeah, absolutely. So it kind of started at an early age. I think I've always had an obsession with money and math. It sounds a bit geekish, but um, for me, I was always obsessed with numbers and I had this fascination about how the wealthy become wealthy. Like what was it that actually gave these people their money and their freedom? So for me, it was a natural progression to go into financial services. So that's background. Um, I've been in financial services for over 20 years and I moved into a financial advisory role 13 years ago um, where I really understood Uh, the core elements of how to actually build wealth and what that looked like and really understanding some of the key strategies. And then that then led me to be where I am today, which is obviously helping women in business to actually understand how to build their business as an asset to provide them with real wealth. But on that journey as well, having all of that inside knowledge around building wealth allowed me to be in a position where I was able to create financial independence for myself at quite a young age. So I always put a disclaimer out there to say I'm not a millionaire by any means, but what I do have is a portfolio of assets which allow me freedom of choice. And for me, that is what epitomizes true wealth. It's not about a monetary amount or a monetary value. It's about creating a lifestyle that affords you freedom of choice, freedom of time, and being in a position where you get to choose to spend the time on the things that are most valuable to you. Yeah. So let's break that down into like the nitty gritty, because I can already tell people are asking like, what do you mean by like how you have freedom of time and choice? What are you doing Mm -hmm. to create that for yourself? So it's really about understanding what your freedom number is and what that looks like to you. Now, everyone is different. For some people, it might be $1,500 or it might be 15,000. It really just depends on what your outgoings are, but it really starts with understanding what your freedom number is and then understanding how do we build assets that allow us to create 
passive income streams that then give us that freedom of choice. So it always starts with understanding your numbers. So we can never get away from really knowing what our financials are, both in our business, but also really understanding what it costs us every single year to maintain or sustain the lifestyle that we have. And then we start putting in place strategies using the business to facilitate that growth to actually start accumulating those assets. Mm. Yeah. So let's just say it's like a hundred K right of like, yeah, what do I need to do to have a hundred K like just in essence that I can pull at any moment. So if I wanted to take a year off, I could. Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm hearing, Dominique? Yes. Yeah, so we look at, so the way I come at it is we're always looking at what do we need to be doing in the business and how are we building our wealth? So for some people, they are building their wealth because they intend on selling their business at some point in the future. For other people, they will be accumulating the wealth during the lifetime of their business. So it's looking at, well, how much money is your business making and what can we do to actually accommodate buying and structuring assets during, you know, over the next couple of years to put you in a position where you have that freedom of choice, where you have that passive income coming in. So we know that with building wealth, it's not an overnight thing. It happens, you know, it usually takes between seven to 10 years on average. Um, so it takes a lot of discipline and consistency to implement these strategies. Um, and we have to be, we almost want to remove ourselves from the process and automate what we're doing. So we're looking at things like property or stocks and shares, uh, cryptocurrency, for example, but we're looking to accumulate assets in most instances because most people would not be looking to sell their business. So we're looking to accumulate assets as we're building our business that can then compound over time to provide us with the income, which then allows us the freedom of choice. Yeah. I remember you saying in our chat and correct me if I'm wrong, but you basically pull off the dividends for your freedom of choice, correct? So I I primarily, my portfolio is made up of what we call index funds, which is um, the top performing companies in any any particular index. And I receive dividends from those uh, companies, usually quarterly. In some instances, it can be annually, depending on what fund it is. um, And that's how I receive my income. So it really depends on what type of assets you're investing in, what that looks like in terms of how the income is being delivered to you. So for most people who are building assets they would be in what we call the accumulation phase in those early stages so you wouldn't be looking to draw down dividends per se until your capital value of the asset itself has increased and is in a position that can afford you to draw down on those dividends or to draw down that income without actually impacting on the value of the asset itself too much if that makes sense totally totally i want to go back to what you said here and what we talked about on our chat i think you said like mm-hmm. it takes seven to 10 years of really disciplined years. And then you can kind of set yourself up. And I found this true in my life too. Like my husband and I, it was like right at that age is like, oh my gosh, like here we are, we got this thing now. So can you talk to us more about what those years look like? Yeah. So those years, you have to be hyper-focused and you have to stick to the vision because if accumulating wealth and creating wealth was easy, everyone would do it. And the reason that most people do it, it's not that they don't have the knowledge it's not that they're not aware of the strategies, it's that they don't have the self-discipline to be motivated to be putting away that money every single month. Now, in those first couple of years, you're not going to really see the compounding effect come into play. And what I mean by the compounding effect is the acceleration of the capital value itself. So I always say when you're creating these type of strategies, you want to be adding into the funds um, usually on a monthly basis because this accelerates the compounding effect. So 
most people we call the snowball effect. So most people are familiar with the snowball effect when it comes to debt. So we take out a credit card or we take a personal loan and, you know, at first the interest isn't really impacting us, but then the interest starts to accelerate. And before you know it, that, that the value of that loan or that credit card has ballooned out because of the interest that has been compounding over time. It's the same thing with assets. So in the first couple of years, you're not really going to see the benefits of putting that money away in the way you know that people would expect. So it's about being self-disciplined and it's about being self-motivated to continue to hold the vision in spite of, because there'll be things that will be going on in your life over the course of the next few years, which might detract you from putting that money away, but we have to be consistent and it has to be a non-negotiable as part of the strategy of creating wealth itself. Totally, totally. <laughs> Dominique, when I met my husband, so he's the wealth manager, I think I told you. Um, yes. So he's in the industry, right? And he was like, okay, I want to be a millionaire with this and da, da, da. And I'm like, okay, why aren't you making it happen? Like you're making good money. It's because he wasn't yeah. staying disciplined with that. And I was like, we have yeah. to make that a non-negotiable. Like you yes. put that money every single month. And it was yeah. really tricky because before that, when him and I had been dating, it was like, we would go on trips and we would do these things. And then we, when we got disciplined, like some of that sexy fun kind of goes away and you're right. Yeah. It's like, and you don't see the re- ROI right away exactly. either. And you're like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? But then a couple of years later, you're like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, Albert Einstein said that the compounding interest is like the eight wonder of the world you know it's effectively free money but it takes some time to see the traction and to really see the benefits of the compounding effect of your portfolio and obviously the more money you're investing the greater you're going to see that acceleration but as I said for most people especially the world that we live in it's all about instant gratification and quick results and you know building true long-lasting sustainable wealth is not something that happens over time. It does require a strategy. It requires self-discipline. It requires you to keep on keeping on, even when you're maybe not seeing those immediate results with your portfolios. Yeah. I'm fortunate that I have a husband that can do this strategy. And I know (laughs) you help your clients with the strategy too, Dominique. And so I will say, you know, you said earlier, like, it's not really the strategy. It's the self-discipline. Like for me, I felt like it was opposite. Like I have the self-discipline. Mm. it's the strategy. There's just so much information out there. And it's like, where, where do I go with this? And I, my brain just doesn't naturally think in that way of future term money planning. So for somebody like me, Dominique, what would you say? <laughs> I would always say, you know, like it starts with, first of all, it starts with taking financial response, taking responsibility for your financial circumstances. So really getting clear on, okay, what's your assets and what's your liabilities. And by assets, I mean like, how much money do you have as a capital value, okay? So your house is not an asset. I'll just put that up there. Your house is a liability because it costs you money. So getting really clear on what is your assets and your liabilities so you can get a clear indication of what your baseline net worth is. That's the starting point. So what we want to be doing is really understanding, okay, what's the liabilities and start to create a strategy to actually start paying those off. So people always say to me, should I be paying off my debts first or should I be accumulating wealth first? And I say the two go hand in hand. I never give personal financial advice to anyone. I would give give generalized advice and I can say, well, you can do this or you can do that. This is your options. But we want to start building wealth as we start to decrease our liabilities and the money that we actually owe on loans, credit cards, et cetera. But it's looking at things like, okay, what's the easiest entry point for you? So 
for example, we know that with property, property has a higher entry point because you need a hefty deposit in order to get on the property ladder, be it your first property or be an investment property. With uh, regards to, say, in, in index funds, for example, you can invest in an index fund for as little as $500 or $50 a month, depending on which fund you're going with. So it's about understanding where you are financially, but then what is your current financial reality in terms of how much disposable income you have available to you and what's your easiest entry point into actually starting to build these assets. And for most people, it starts with index funds. So index funds is a really easy way to get into investing and to start accumulating assets because it doesn't require you to think about where you need to be putting your money. An index fund is a portfolio of funds that are passive. So what I mean by that is they just basically will track the market. So you don't have to think about, oh, well, I want to invest in Disney or I want to invest in Facebook or General Motors or whatever it may be, because these index funds will pick the stock for you. The benefit of investing in the likes of an index fund as well is it's obviously we always have risk. But it mitigates risk where you're investing in like an active fund. So with an active fund, it's usually where you have people picking the stock for you and they're always trying to beat the market. With an index fund, it usually just benchmarks um, against the market. And over 30 years, which is what they've been in play for now, it's actually been proven that over that 30 year period, index funds usually will outperform any active fund that's being picked by any type of wealth manager. So it's easily accessible in terms of the fee structure as well, because you're not losing out where you're making returns, you're not losing out and having to pay out for a team of experts, for example, to pick the stocks. So I always say for anyone who wants to get started and for anyone who really has limited disposable income to really just start looking in an index fund as a baseline start to get you on the ladder of starting to actually build out your ecosystem of assets. Yeah. Yeah. I hear my husband in his office all the time saying the exact same thing. We don't pick stocks. We invest in the general index funds. Yes. And he says the same stats is like, it's, it's proven to be just as or more beneficial, right. Or more, yeah. have a, more of a return. Yeah. Okay. So obviously it's like, we've got self-discipline at play here. We've got some strategy at play here. What else do you see stopping, especially women from really investing and creating true wealth? Mindset. So, and to be honest, that's the biggest part of it is the mindset. So old ways, societal conditioning, cultural conditioning leads women to believe that, you know, we're not good at maths. We're not confident in managing our money. Um, it's all overwhelming. It's confusing. And I'll be honest, for a long time, it, it has been like that because the financial services industry has been male dominated. And a lot of women feel intimidated speaking with uh, a male, for example, about what their options may be. Um, but there comes a point where we have to let go of that as an excuse and take responsibility and say, well, OK, I'm going to learn about this stuff because it's like me. You know, I didn't just convince the world understanding, you know, how the markets work and really understanding about how to build wealth and, you know, looking at assets and dividends and really understanding how to read portfolios and things like that. I wasn't born like that. I had to learn it as a skill. So it's a skill that like anything we have to master, but the mindset is usually the biggest obstacle when I'm talking with women about building wealth, because A, they don't think it's possible because as, as well, there's a lot of association of wealth being like almost like a Beyonce 
uh, lifestyle. You know, it's it's 20,000 to 30,000 a month in personal income. It's flying around in private jets, wearing designer clothes. And that's actually not necessarily the case. Wealth is by definition, whatever we determine it to be. So that's where really understanding your freedom number comes into it. But the mindset is the biggest component because a lot of women don't think it's possible for them. And then if they grasp that it's possible, then it becomes consuming in terms of, the overwhelming sensation of, well, where do I even start? Who do I speak to? Where do I go to get this information? So the easiest accessible point is just start reading about this information. You know, get some books, go online, like look at YouTube videos and start to educate yourself so that when you go and speak with a financial advisor, if you do go and speak with a financial advisor or you're ready to invest in one of these platforms like Fidelity or Vanguard, you're in a greater position because you've started to educate yourself and, you know, give yourself the financial empowerment from the literary side of things to really start understanding what some of these, uh, what some of this jargon may mean. But the mindset is is the biggest thing that stops a lot of women in creating wealth for sure yeah and I want to go back to society's messages with that for sure Mm -hmm. it's so interesting I've been doing my own work Dominique of understanding shame yes and I was working with a coach and I was like I just don't really feel like I feel shame and all these things because I was seeing it with my own clients of like what's going on here and the other coach was like they're feeling shame Lindsay and I was like what I'm not recognizing that what's going on with me. But as I dug deeper, I was like, okay, Lindsay, where do you feel shame in your life? And the number one was with money Mm -hmm. around money, even though I've, I know logically all the things of like, okay, here's what we're programmed with money and all that. But like just little things that have happened to me in my life, like going to the bank and somebody at the bank, seeing like how much my business made early on and being like, oh, that's it. Or going to the accountant mm. and then being like, oh, that's all you made. And like, just that like creates this compound effect. And I think because yes. again, we're already getting these messages of like, we're not good with money. We don't know how to invest. We need to save as much as possible. It just like, it just, it feels like almost a snowball effect of like you, what yeah. you mentioned earlier with that. And I feel like, yeah. again, that's my biggest block with it all is always just feeling the shame and shame makes you want to hide and run away. And then it makes you really confused too. Because even when I sit down and read a book, Dominique, sometimes I'll be like, why am I not getting this? Like I am a smart person. I did math really well growing up. And then I'll stay stuck in that. So again, like Dominique, how can somebody like me just like really start to like break through that next barrier with that? Mm. Well, it starts with awareness. It starts with recognizing your thought patterns around money or success or wealth, and then starting to recognize how that may be manifesting in your business and your life by way of your actions and your habits. How is that playing out for you? Because that's where the change starts is in the awareness. Because for most of us, humans are habitual creatures. So we're, we're programmed in a certain way based on our early experiences of the things that we saw and we heard and we felt in our most formative years. And up until really the age of eight or so, we're almost in a hypnotic state. So our programming around money happens in our early years. And then once that program is set, it runs on autopilot. So that's why a lot of the time women are not conscious of their relationship with money and how that's manifesting because it just happens on autopilot in the background and it just happens over and over again. So it's only when we stop and think about, okay, I'm having a feeling, I'm having a say. And normally by that point, when we get to our age, it's a feeling that we recognize first before a thought. 
So it's, you know, you, you might be discussing, for example, uh, pricing in your business, or you might doing a, be doing a transaction exchange in terms of money. And all of a sudden you get an overwhelming female, as you said, like around guilt or shame or this feeling of it not feeling so good. That's an indication that there's something at a deeper level that needs to be addressed. But we are only one generation away from a generation where Men were the breadwinners. Women stayed at home. Women looked after the children. Women didn't earn their own money. Women couldn't have a bank account or a mortgage without a man say so. So we're still holding on to unconsciously a lot of these systemic and cultural beliefs around what it means to be a woman who is earning money or is building wealth, because there's a lot of guilt and shame that goes hand in hand with that. You know, men are very unapologetic in their approach to making money and building wealth. It's seen as almost like a a measure of their manhood. Whereas for women, we value uh, contribution and giving and nurturing. So it can almost be a disconnect where we feel that we are making money. It's almost, as you said, like there's a shame and there's a guilt that goes hand in hand with that because then we start to think, well, hang on, there's people in the world who are, you know, not in a great financial position in comparison to me. Maybe I should be giving more and I shouldn't be earning this much money and then you know we start thinking well my parents had to work really really hard for the money that I'm earning so there's all kinds of unconscious sabotage that go on that prevent us from really having a healthy relationship with money so the awareness piece is the biggest part and the first part to actually changing our overall relationship with money yeah I'm so glad you brought up in essence like the epigenetics of like we're one generation away from Mm -hmm. that because we've been inherited all that and our mindset without knowing it. Exactly. Cause I grew up with money. My parents are really tight with money, but I grew up with money. Right. And so a lot of times people come to me, they know they have money stories. Yeah. They're like, I grew up with nothing and da da da. But I also have clients like me. That's like, okay, why is this like still a struggle for me? And I, and I just want to present to you again, like that one generation away, like you said, that early, you know, trauma or stories or whatever, and going in and look at that. The other thing that you said in there, Dominique, that I thought was really interesting. It made me think of something I was thinking of earlier today about coaching and how some people think like coaching's like, oh, isn't that just like having a friend who's like really honest and open and truthful and can hold space for you, which it can be right. If you have a really self-aware friends, I would say. Yeah. But I also thought about it in this way is like, we're so used to women giving free labor for stuff like that and just expecting them to be able to hold space for everyone and fix everybody's problems and do all that. I was like, how interesting that yet again, we are just expected to give something and that's really high value, like coaching, but then it's a, it's also looked at as like free labor. And I think Mm. that's a big piece with money and mindset with women too, especially if we're looking at other coaches or these industries that are more like soft skills. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everything has a value. You just need to understand what your value is and charge in accordance with that. I don't believe in this notion of charge your worth. In fact, to be honest, it annoys me because we're all valuable as a human being, as an individual. Um, But what we do have is is we have value in terms of the the services or the offerings that we make available to the market. And that has has a value or transaction price on it. So you really need to understand what your value is in terms of what are you bringing to your market? What are you bringing in terms of your expertise and your credibility and charge in accordance with that and do it unapologetically? Because again, men don't have these 
problems or these hangups when it comes to actually charging the value they're putting out there in the marketplace. They just show up and say the price is the price. And the, there's always a value for everything. I mean, there was a, an example of this, I think was it last year or the year before, about a piece of art. I don't know whether you've heard this story that sold for $150,000. And this piece of art was basically a banana stuck on a panel with duct tape. And someone paid $150,000 for what was described as art. Now, I looked at this as probably most people did and thought, what the hell are we like, are we, is this for real? Like, is someone really going to pay? I mean, I could, I could do that and charge you $150,000. But it just shows that when you stand firm in your belief and you know your worth, People will pay the value, but you have to have the confidence to charge for that. And that's where really understanding your value and the contribution that you bring to your clients or your marketplace is fundamentally important because that then gives you the confidence to go out there and to clearly articulate your prices and unapologetically. So you're not going to discount your services or give them away for free because at the end of the day, we all have financial responsibilities and obligations that need to be met. And, you know, we need to charge in accordance with the value that we're giving. Yeah, for sure. Um, I recently went to the Modern Art Museum, Dominique, and there were some paintings in there too. It was like a splatter here or whatever. And I was like, wow. I, it, again, it shows you your worth of like, when you really believe in yourself, like, damn, yeah. you can be at a museum and call it exactly. art where I would look at that and be like, what a piece of junk. I'm throwing that away. Yeah, you know, it's exactly. So Exactly, because there's there's always there's always a market for the value that you're putting out there. Someone's always willing to pay for it. You've just got to be confident in articulating that value. There has to be a connection between the price and the person who's viewing it and the value that they see. There has to be that connection. But if you can clearly articulate the value you bring and you can stand firm and with confidence in articulating those prices. You can charge whatever you want. And obviously, as long as you have the credibility and the expertise to be able to do that. But yeah, we as women, we need to stop being apologetic for what we're actually expecting in terms of the value of our prices, you know, what it is that we're offering out there in the marketplace and show up unapologetically. The price is the price. We need to adopt, you know, our masculine energies when it comes to money, because with men, they're just unapologetic. It is what it is. There's no, um, there's no reason for them to discount the services or the prices or whatever it is. It is what it is. If you can't pay it, then they're happy for you to go elsewhere. So we need to lean into our masculine energies and adopt the same kind of principles in business when it comes to pricing for our products and our services. Yeah. It's so interesting because I work with a lot of clients who are in corporate, Dominique, and part of it is like, oh, I know I'm underpaid and da, da, da. And then as they work together, they end up making more money. And really, it's just it's a confidence thing. Their skills yeah. never change. It's just going out, owning it, saying, here's what I'm worth, having difficult conversations. Um, and I think it goes back to too, what you said earlier, and I forget the term you used for it, but determining that number of what you need for your lifestyle, right? Yeah. Your what freedom you, number. Your freedom yeah. number, right? Yes. I, I did this sort of recently, just kind of like playing around. And that really showed me as like, okay, Lindsay, how are you going to make this happen? This is the life that you want. Like, what's the work you need to do? to build that confidence to go out and create that in the world. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And when you get clarity on that as well, 
again, it just kind of aligns everything to, again, give you the confidence to go out there and own it. You know, and the confidence piece is the biggest part when you are pricing for the products and services that you're offering, because if you don't believe in what you're doing or in the, the value that you can add, then why would anyone else? So the confidence piece is the biggest part. And really getting clear on your freedom number and looking at what it is that you're actually offering can help to align all of that. Because as I said, confidence is the biggest thing when you're positioning your pricing out there in the marketplace. Yeah. And I know for some women it is, it's like, okay, I can see this financially, but this is harder for me and all that. And like I said earlier in this interview, I'm really good at the day-to-day financial stuff, but sometimes the longer term planning, like my brain just doesn't go there. And that's Mm -hmm. where again, as women, we have to have the confidence and get past our own stories to go out and ask for help and realize I know where to go with this and to ask for the right people. Yeah, absolutely. And and we should encourage her because it's about being proactive with your finances. Like I said, you know, I only know this stuff because I've been educated in, you know, I've been the wealth management and the financial services industry for over 20 years, but a lot of people don't know this information. And we as women have to, again, be unapologetic in asking, well, okay, how do I find out this information? How do I educate myself? Who do I need to speak to? Again, we need to, this is again where the masculine and the feminine energies come into it, is we need to ask for help and not be ashamed to ask for help, you know, because we, we don't know what we don't know. And sometimes, you know, we're, we're putting ourselves at a disadvantage because we're too ashamed to actually put our hands up and say, hey, I need help with this. Or I'm looking to invest. Do you know someone who can assist me? Or where should I go to get this information? And it just it's just about giving yourself permission to start asking different questions, to start asking more empowered questions that are going to put you on this pathway to creating the life that you want. But it, it starts with, with becoming aware of how is your thoughts and your, your, your behaviors and your habits showing up in your day-to-day life? And who do you need to go to to seek help? Is it a mindset thing? Is it, do you have some mindset blocks you need to overcome or do you need to go and you're good with mindset blocks and you're flying financially, but you have spare cash and you think, well, okay, maybe it's time for me to invest in a team, be it a financial advisor, a wealth manager, whatever you want to call them to start facilitating those conversations, to start empowering me with the knowledge. But what I would always say is when you go into any type of meetings like this is be prepared and don't be afraid to ask questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question. And if anyone ever makes you feel stupid, you need to go and find someone else to work with because there's no such thing as a stupid question as far as I'm concerned. And especially not when it comes to financials, you really want to have the confidence to know that you're investing your money in the way that is best suited to you and your long-term goals. Totally. Everything you just said, I'm like, check, 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 check. Because even if I go back to years ago when I went to the bank and I was asking for something, I forget what it was. And they're like, well, you're not really making money. Instantly, I went into shame and I shut down versus staying present, staying neutral, asking questions and moving forward. And so again, it was like, I shut down the whole conversation because of my own mindset shit. Yeah. Right. And that's where, again, too, when we have the confidence too to be like, hey, that's a really inappropriate comment. Like, why would you say that to me? Because other people too, we have our own, you know, things we're working through as women with money, but other people too, they have their own maybe unconscious bias. And many of the the people who were actually the rudest to me with money stuff were actually other women, Mm -hmm. which is interesting, right? Um, But then just recognizing (laughs) that 
and being like, and calling them out on it being like, Hey, don't speak to me that way. So absolutely. So as women, it, it is important that we stand up for ourselves and that we, you know, if someone is making us feel a certain way, um, that we address the issue there and then that's about having boundaries and about having self-respect as well. Not, not, not giving our power away to someone else, uh, whether it be another female, uh, whether it be a client, whether it be an accountant, whether it be a financial advisor. And again, this is where the confident thing comes into it and knowing your value, knowing who you are as an individual plays into that as well. Totally. The quote that keeps coming up for me is be as confident as a mediocre white male. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. 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 I mean, and that's the thing, isn't it? There is a reason, there is a reason why there is still a divide in the the pay gap between males and females. And that's because men, again, are not afraid to ask or to charge what they believe that they should be in terms of their value. And where's when we have to stop apologizing for that. We, you know, we have to go out there and own our stuff and show up unapologetically in that as well. Yeah. Okay, Dominique, I want to wrap up what my takeaways are from today. And then I'd love to, for everyone to hear all about what you offer and following you. So first off is find that freedom number, right? Figure yes. out what that number is for you. What is it that you need to maintain your lifestyle or even like have the lifestyle that you want? Then figure out the plan of how am I going to get this, um, like in essence, like passive income, more assets to create that. And if I don't know how then I need to reach out for help to do that, but a great starting point you said was investing in what? Index funds, index funds, right? Yes. And then, um, from there stay really disciplined for like seven to 10 years. Cause that's going to be the hardest part. And then from there, you're going to be able to start to pull some things out of those. You're going to see more of a return. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And that only happens when you are in a position where you've accumulated enough capital value that you can start to draw down on that capital value without it impacting too much on future dividends or drawdowns as well. Yeah. So and of course, where- that process mindset, so important. Yeah, absolutely. Mindset is key. Mindset is absolutely everything. You know, mindset is 85% of our financial results. So we have to make sure that our mindset is in alignment with our desires, because if it isn't, it doesn't matter how good the strategy is, you will self-sabotage anyway. Yes, exactly. Okay. Dominique, tell us all about you, where we can find you, what you offer your clients, all the things. Yeah, absolutely. So best place to find me is either on Instagram or LinkedIn. And I work with women in a one-to-one capacity. I also have group programs and a new mastermind, which I'm opening next year. So if you want to follow me, if you have any questions or, you know, follow up questions on the back of this um, podcast, then more than happy for you to DM me. Um, because as I said, I know that this is a, a prickly subject um, and it's one that a lot of women can feel overwhelmed with. But it is important that we start opening up and encouraging more conversations around women and building wealth. Yes. Okay. So we'll put all the links in the show notes. And Dominique, you have a podcast too. Tell us about I that. I do. I do. I have a podcast called The Financially Fierce Females Podcast with me, Dominique Mullally. Um, And it's, it is all based around uh, mindset, uh, mindset tips and strategies and um, really understanding how to maximize profits in your business and, and just really getting you in, into the mindset coupled with the strategies to start facilitating the conversations to actually start building wealth. Nice. Thank you so much, Dominique. This was so helpful. 
And you're so welcome. Thank you, Lindsay. Thanks for tuning into the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast. If you haven't left a review for the show yet, what are you waiting for? Your reviews give us the feedback and momentum we need to continue to produce this incredible free content for you. Plus, when you leave a review for the show, you get a copy of my book for free. Simply take a picture of your review and submit it to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash one zero zero and you'll receive a digital copy of my wisdom from the first hundred episodes book this book is a study guide for life enjoy and of course share this show with your friends i believe every woman can create a deeply fulfilling life that lights them the fuck up from the inside the more you help others succeed the more you help yourself so share share, share this show. And I'll see you soon and your friends back on the show next week for another eye-opening episode. Until then, keep rocking it.